Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Hell came to our island. Death came to our island. It was beginning to get dark outside. I was still recovering, hoping for the medicine that Gareth had given me to kick in soon, so I didn't have to feel this throbbing pain nearly as much. I flipped through the book as I waited, the lamp beside me causing the pages to almost glow yellow. There were notes scribbled in the margins wherever they would fit, all in different handwriting. I had to wonder if these were written by cleansers before me. How old was this book? What happened to all these people? If they had these notes and theories about the end, but still couldn't bring it about, was there something we weren't seeing in all of this? I flipped the page again and noticed there were no notes scribbled for the first time in at least a hundred pages. Instead, there was just one stanza of a poem, like a prophecy being laid out before me, written in beautiful script. When waves ride high and oceans flood rain and wind howl, filled with blood into the sea brothers of red and blue, ending water's wrath, beginning days anew. Holy hell, I said under my breath. This was it. This was the answer. This was how to stop everything. Rally, rally, wake up. He stirred from the bed against the opposite wall, still in a drugged stupor. Gareth had said his condition wasn't promising. When River plunged his hand in, he had severed quite a few of his intestines, causing massive internal bleeding. Gareth did as much as he could, but he wasn't outfitted for major surgery on this level. Rally turned to me, eyes barely open. Josephine, he mumbled, looking at me in surprise. Are you here to take me away? You've grown so much. No, Rally, it's me, Vale, I said. Gareth had told me he may hallucinate due to the medicine. I found it, Rally. I'm not ready, Josephine, he muttered back. Tears stung my eyes seeing this man broken. He had protected our island for so long and brought me under his wing without a question. I cried a little more as tears tracked their way across my still open wounds. There came a soft knock at the door as Gareth walked in, holding another vial of medicine and an armful of clean bandages. He looked at me as Rally muttered for Josephine once more. Poor man, he hasn't spoken about her in years, Gareth said. Who was Josephine? I asked him. He let out a sigh and sat next to the bed, beginning to dress Rally's wounds again. The only person he ever loved, Gareth replied. Josephine was his daughter. Where is she now? Whatever heaven you believe, she only lived for an hour after birth. Passed away not long after her mother, he answered. Think that's why he took to you so well. You reminded him of what he lost. I couldn't hold it back any longer. 
Tears began to flow freely, stinging my wound even worse than before. I had no family. My mother died during childbirth. My father killed not long after my conception. The village raised me, and Raleigh had always been there, offering advice or helping where he could. And now here he was, dying just a few feet away. Gareth finished wrapping the new bandages and stood up, handing me the vial. Give this to him when he wakes up. It'll help with the pain. He patted me on the shoulder as he began to walk out the door. Raleigh stirred. Gareth, he muttered. Gareth, I need to go. He turned back around, looking to Rally. Rest, old friend. We'll be safe until you're ready, he said. As he opened the door and stepped outside, a scream pierced the air. Rising wind followed it within seconds. Help! Help me, please! came a voice from somewhere outside. It began to scream again, but was cut off in a moment. Drag them to the waters, came another voice. This one guttural like the sound of rocks scraping against the ocean floor. Bring them to Pantholison, so he may shape them in his image. Oh hell, Gareth said, stepping back inside and slamming the door. There's a horde of them out there. More screams cut through the air, causing the wind to strengthen once more. I could hear rain begin to pound on the roof of the small hut. The walls creaked as they were moved. Raleigh stirred yet again, suddenly more alert. What's happening? Where's the blade? He began to sit up, then screamed out in pain, falling back on the bed. Gareth, I have to get out there. Afraid I can't do that, brother, Gareth told him, pacing the room in thought. They've never come this far inland, other than River, of course. Ah, I don't like this. They'll find us soon enough. As if on cue, the door was kicked open. A towering drifter barged his way in, claws tearing at the doorframe. It screamed at the sight of them, bringing more heavy rain onto the hut. Back away, Gareth, I whispered, moving my hand down to the blade still sheathed at my side. He dove aside, leaving a straight path. I had to make sure I was on target. Even with my crippled eyesight, I drew the blade slowly, leaning forward and focusing on the diaphragm area, just like Raleigh had showed me that day on the beach. It ran forward rushing me with arms held wide, claws brandished. I lunged forward, stabbing up toward it, and I missed. It screamed in pain as the blade struck in the middle of the ribcage, above the diaphragm. I heard the bone crack as it was cleaved in two. The drifter fell on top of me, teeth gnashing as it tried to recover. I moved my other hand to hit the hilt of the blade, grasping it and starting to saw downward. The drifter threw its head forward, attempting to bite down on my neck as I moved to the side under it, furiously working the blade lower. I heard the final gasp as I hit my target. The drifter collapsed, twitching, and Gareth ran forward to help roll it off of me as I pulled the blade free, splattering blue blood on the walls. Vale, are you okay? Raleigh asked, sitting up slowly this time so as not to hurt himself. He still winced in pain. Rally, thank God, I said, moving over to him. Look, I found how we can stop this. We have to get River. I grabbed the book from the table nearby, flipping to the poem. I shoved it toward Rally to read. Brothers of Red and Blue. That can't mean us, can it? He asked, looking up at me. I think so, I said, 
I could see the fear in his face. He was putting all this together. The same puzzle I had pieced together just hours ago. The wind was constant now. A continuous roar, a monster tearing the island apart. A board was torn from the roof, leaving an opening for rain to begin pouring through. Help me up, Gareth, Raleigh said, swinging his legs over the side of the bed. We need to go get my brother. I hefted the blade, getting ready to make our run across the square. Gareth stood, holding Raleigh up on his shoulders. We exchanged a small nod before running out of the hut and into the chaos. The square was bathed in red. Drifters were dragging bodies out of homes, taking no care if they cut them open or not. Anyone that resisted was torn open, treated as a game by the attacking monsters. I could see one in the distance grabbing a woman away from her screaming wife, slashing her throat so blood covered the woman she loved. It let out a demented laugh before lunging at the other woman. We made our way through, dodging what we could, and trying to cut through what we couldn't. We finally reached the door of Briggs's office, busting it in and charging through. River sat there in the center of the room, staring toward us, a smile playing behind the gag over his mouth. Grab and run, I said, looking towards Gareth and Rally. I took hold of the chair River was in and began dragging it out into the storm. We tried to go around the perimeter of the square and toward the path to the beach. So as to not be seen, a drifter chased someone out into our path, stopping as it saw us. I charged forward, stabbing it through the eye this time. It fell to the ground shrieking, causing the storm to strengthen. When we finally made it to the path, I saw that we didn't have far to go. The amount of drifters congregating in the island and the chaos they were bringing had caused a storm surge bringing waves crashing just a few hundred yards away. The dunes were gone. Now the island just consisted of the square and the surrounding area. Oh, it's time, brother, River shouted over the chaos. I looked back to see he had chewed through the gag, allowing him to talk once more. There is our God, waiting, just as promised. I looked in the distance to see an inky silhouette on the horizon, moving ever closer to our position. With every stride, it sent a towering wave toward us, taking more of the land for its own. Drifters were frothing in the waves, moving closer to the square. There had to be hundreds, all crashing on top of each other as they scrambled to be the first to the feeding. They stopped as they saw us. Set me down, Raleigh said. Gareth gave him a look to confirm what he was asking, then a small nod before setting him to his feet. Raleigh came over to me then, putting his hands on my shoulders. Whatever happens, I want you to know how proud I am, he said. He deftly slipped the blade away from me, hiding it in his coat pocket. Well, brother, does your offer still stand? Will you take me to the sea? I thought you would never ask, River smiled, showing his sharp teeth. Raleigh walked over to him holding his knife to the rope and snaring him. I will let you free, but you must promise me you will not harm them. Raleigh was wheezing with the effort of standing on his own. River simply nodded in return. With a quick flick of the knife, his restraints fell around him. 
They walked together toward the water, Rivers shouting to the other drifters in victory. When they were waist deep, he turned to Raleigh. Behold, Penthalison. He motioned toward the giant figure, features still obscured by the wind and rain that seemed to emanate from it. The great sea, ruler of all beneath the waves, I bring you a sacrifice, the last of the cleansing line. He turned to face Raleigh, looking at him as he did the same. I've waited so long, Raleigh. He thrust his hand forward, impaling Raleigh through the heart. He let out a gasp, leaning forward on his brother. River took him in a great hug, bringing him close. Raleigh wrapped his arms around him in return. I, as well, I heard him say. He flipped the blade from his pocket and held it to River's back, hugging him tight with one arm before thrusting towards himself. River let out a noise of surprise as he and Raleigh were joined by the blade. The drifters standing around began to scream and writhe, causing the wind to rise with them. Suddenly, they stopped. And Gareth grabbed my arm and pulled me back, away from the water as we watched. The two brothers, their blood mixing on the blade and running into the water, seemed to melt away into a pool of red and blue. It only took moments for them to disappear completely the color in the water branching out further toward the crowd of drifters. When they were touched by the blood, the drifters turned to water. With each new mass, a rising wave was formed, holding its place as a wall of water at the shoreline. I could almost make out the two brothers in the middle of it, still locked in their death embrace, translucent in their new state of being. When all the drifters had been reached, it was a towering tsunami standing at the ready. Penthalison stood in the distance, the storm still swirling around him. He hefted his fist, crashing it down into the water and sending his own wave forward. The great tsunami rushed to meet it, absorbing it as they collided. It picked up speed as it moved ever closer to the sea god, rolling with fury. There was a loud crash as it smashed into the giant, knocking him from his feet. I saw it try to get back up and regain its footing, but as it did, tendrils of water shot forward from the surface, ensnaring him at every possible point. Finally, two tendrils, one red and one blue, shot forward to wrap around the ancient neck of the sea, pulling it first to its knees, then under the surface forever. We've started taking count and burying our dead now. The island is destroyed, houses gone completely. It appeared as though we had suffered a direct hit from a hurricane. I was walking along the beach earlier when I spotted something shining in a tide pool. As I ran forward to look, I was able to make out the hilt of the time blade. The blade itself was broken, nothing but jagged splinters after a few inches. But I kept it anyway. It's to remember the father I only had for a short time. The man who gave his life for us, as long as he lived. I know when the waves crash in, it's him telling me that he's still there, keeping the evil at bay in death as he did in life. Thank you, Raleigh.